Welcome to the Special Bulletin Review, Pathway to Foggy Compliance, sponsored by Kodak Alaris. Here's today's moderator, Jory Heckman. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest today is Joe Odor, the Global Portfolio Marketing Manager at Kodak Alaris. Joe, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. And there's plenty to be talking about here in terms of Federal Agencies Digital Guidelines Initiative, or, or FAGI. But I think a good place to get the conversation started here would just be better understanding the benefits that agencies get from more broadly records management and digitalization. How can agencies benefit from making these two things a priority? And how does digitalization of records help support agencies' overall missions? So very good question, Jory. Um, so in terms of digitization, um, there's a lot of just key benefits in general, um, and not just for, for government customers, but um, you know, digitization really removes the dependency on paper in general. Um, you know, older processes require the storage of paper and trying to retain paper is a challenge. One, it requires space. Two, at the same time, if you need to retrieve data, it's very inefficient to retrieve data when it's in paper form. Um, most documents will end up in a filing cabinet, then somebody has to walk up to a filing cabinet and try and search the document. Uh, now in hopes, you know, organization of documents are kept and there's no human error, but let's be realistic. We're only human and we will make errors. So if you misplace a document and that document becomes very important, let's say for a legal matter, uh, for discovery purposes, you can't find it, trying to recreate it uh, could be a challenge. Uh, try to identify that one specifically can have legal repercussions and compliance issues with that. Uh, so it's really important to digitize, make information accessible, uh, making it intelligent information. So not only is it searchable, but there's information that can be extracted from it that can be used for other systems. Um, you know, let's say it's invoices, let's say it's contracts. Uh, you know, if you're managing that stuff electronically, you can easily gather that data with keyword searches or within a system that's monitoring that is, you know, specifically. Uh, very important when you look at legal matters or, you know, government cases where, uh, you know, you've got trials and, and stuff like that. So, you know, taking consideration when you don't have stuff that's easily accessible, um, that becomes a challenge. Now, if you need to also transmit that information to somebody and you don't have it already digitized, one, you may have to be forced to digitize, but at the same time, if not, you're mailing stuff. Right. And now you have an additional cost of putting it in an envelope or in a box and sending it via courier or using, you know, Federal, Federal Express or UPS. Um, so, you know, and all that takes time, even at best case, you're looking at overnight unless it's a local courier delivery. But once again, it's not real time when you have it digitized and accessible in a system. You can have information at your fingertips in a matter of seconds, as opposed to a matter of minutes, hours, days even weeks. Okay, great. Well, that's a pretty broad overview of the benefits here. Understandably, this is not just a nice to have, this is a need to have for some agencies. And we're seeing some, I believe, top-down attention on this from an administration-wide perspective. What are agencies obligated to do in terms of keeping records in an electronic or digital format? Um, any updates there? So um, one of the federal mandates right now is M1921, which requires um, not only uh, paper documents to be digitized or submitted in digital format effective January 1st of 2023 to the National Archives for Permanent Archiving. Uh, you know, there's 
some image quality requirements uh, as part of that mandate called FAGI, uh, which is the Federal Agency's Digital Guidelines Initiative. Now, this initiative was actually created um, to help create a standardized um, image protocol for documents being scanned and stored or archived specifically. And while FAGI has been around for some time, the Library of Congress or the uh, Office of Management and Budget had created this mandate to adopt that particular guideline. Now, each agency has different guidelines for how they're managing or accessing information. For the purpose of the Library of Congress, this is only for permanent archiving. So there is not a huge um, need for quick accessibility uh, because part of that guideline requires documents to be uncompressed and then they're stored in their natural state, uh, which is what it's designed to do. Um, where it's keeping, you know, uh, electronic versions of paper in its original state without doing any kind of real image quality enhancement, which is something that you would typically get with a scanner when you're looking at other document management rules. Now, individual agencies can look at it as how fast does information need to be accessed, who needs to access that. So there's the scanning portion, there's the image processing or the cleanup portion, which, you know, delivers crisp, clean images, uh, clear text data can be extracted very easily in that. And at that point, that information can be input into a document management system or a CRM or some other ERP. And at which that point, that information is now digitized. Information from that digitized document could be extracted and used in other sources. So uh, it could be for contracts management, it could be for case management and legal applications. Um, it could be applications for driver's licenses, uh, permits, uh, you know, zoning uh, documents. And at that point, a lot of that information has to be made publicly available. So if you're not digitizing those documents, somebody has to physically go to an agency, request those documents. Then the agency typically charges a fee to, you know, copy them and then issue them to you. By making it digitized, you can actually make that information available online. And somebody can access that within minutes as opposed to hours if they have to go visit an agency to acquire that information. And at the same time, they could still associate a cost online to you know, pay for the uh, documents that they're receiving. There's other documents that do need to be maintained public. Some of it could be environmental information. You know, There's a wide range of information and it really all depends on how it needs to be used, but it's all about accessibility. And it's also about having retention policies around that information. There may be the case where information only needs to be stored for a certain period of time, which could be, you know, typically about seven years. Some could be longer. Uh, in the case of the, you know, National Archives, that's permanent. That means it'll never disappear. Once it, once it gets received by the Library of Congress, um, the National Archives Administration, uh, you will notice that nothing ever disappears, right? And if, you know, and, and not that I need to tell anybody what the National Archives does, but the best way to describe what they do is they hold the Declaration of Independence. Um, so you can tell that there's nothing that leaves that place. And if something needs to be accessed, at that point, they were gonna receive a digital image of the original file they uh, scanned in that format. And at that point, they will need to find a way to post-process that into any other system um, for accessibility or optical character recognition. Okay, great. So it seems like it's, Obviously, your mileage will vary depending on where you are in the federal government, what agency you work for. But generally speaking, FAGI seems to be a, a collection of best practices, it seems, in terms of the digitalization and record keeping of these, uh, these records. 
Yeah, for 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 the purposes of permanent archiving, definitely. Um, you know, it's all about keeping documents in their true original state. Um, you know, a lot of times in legal situations, uh, you know, or within government, there may be stamps, special watermarks, little tidbits of information. Most scanners try and filter that information out or look at it as a artifact that it tries to remove because it doesn't really um, flow well with the pure image quality of having really readable text. Uh, but when it comes to that permanent archiving, that information might be the key to that document. Um, so you don't want to lose that in terms of permanent archive. Now, if you're using the extracted information from there for other purposes, you definitely want to make sure you have you know, strong image guidelines along that line. Um, and and FAGI has a scaled uh, system. Part of it is document type, whether it's a photo, whether it's a text-based document, um, different standards for different purposes. Um, you know, there's a FAGI one-star and it scales up to a FAGI four-star. Four-star being the most diligent in terms of image quality and reproduction to true original. Um, and of course, there's a FAGI two and a three-star, which may be suitable for everyday documents that are scanned and stored. Um, but really the whole standardization is to really keep everybody on a very consistent scale in terms of how documents are scanned and retained. And from that point, you can do additional functions to those documents, even if that means you're going to clean up some gray background. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of forms may have multi-part. There's a, you know, a pink, a yellow and a white sheet. The white sheet may be retained. The yellow sheet might go somewhere else. And if you were, let's say, scanning that yellow sheet as the copy, they want you to keep that yellow copy true to its original form. And when you have those documents, you can't remove the background. You actually have to keep the yellow background with it. And that's what Faji really, really kind of emphasizes is maintaining that true original document. It's as close to paper as you could possibly get digital. Okay, great. Well, um, let's maybe dive a little more deeply into one aspect of the process that we've been describing a little bit already, which is the the image capture, the scanning portion of things, at least when it comes to still images. Um, walk me through more of how the process works there. And, you know, to tie it back to Faji, what kind of image quality standards are we looking at for agencies to comply when it comes to getting that, that still image capture of the document that they're looking to digitize? Sure. So <clears throat> as I kind of mentioned, you know, there's different levels for the Faji specification itself. Uh, when it comes it, when it comes to the National Archives Administration mandate uh, M 1921, they're looking at a FAGI three star level um, for permanent archiving of paper based documents or text based paper documents. So um, it doesn't have a pure photogenic um, reproduction like you would a photo, uh, but it's really designed to make sure that the text is readable, the backgrounds in its original state. Um, so that's where they're kind of looking at where to keep that. Now, there are some uh, different areas of that specification uh, that they are a little bit more or less lenient on, um, only because of the different technologies. Um, prior to, you know, let's say a year ago, um, creating FAGI-based images was a very inefficient process. It was generally done with a flatbed with a very high-end, what they call CCD, um, and that's just a, a short acronym for basically the digital camera that captures the image. Now, if you have hundreds of pages to scan, 
it's very inefficient for somebody to scan one page at a time off of a flatbed. Um, so what we're looking at is more sheet-fed devices. And because Foggy is very vigilant in how it's um, controlling image quality, it also affects productivity of a traditional document scanner. Uh, so what would normally be fed at 100 pages per minute could actually be reduced down to 80 pages per minute because there are so many different things that need to be done on the hardware side to support that. Uh, so, you know, it's key for efficiency to use a sheet fed scanner that can scan in volumes, but also optimizing the image quality within the device to stay within those specifications. My guest today is Joe Odor, the Global Portfolio Marketing Manager at Kodak Alaris. I'm your moderator, Jory Heckman, on the special Bolton Review, Pathway to Foggy Compliance, sponsored by Kodak Alaris on Federal News Network. Federal Agencies' Digital Guidelines Initiative, known as FAGI, helps agencies transition to an electronic environment, mandated by the M1921 deadline. Kodak Alaris has the digital roadmap to prepare you for the transition. With our portfolio of FAGI-compliant scanners, software, and services, Kodak Alaris simplifies record archival and management. Ensure compliance by December 31, 2022, and request a live demo at alarisworld.com slash go slash Welcome back to the special Bolton Review, Pathway to Foggy Compliance, sponsored by Kodak Alaris on Federal News Network. My guest today is Joe Odor, the Global Portfolio Marketing Manager at Kodak Alaris. I'm your moderator, Jory Heckman. And Joe, I think just before the break, we were talking a little bit about the best practices for agencies to follow under Foggy in terms of the scanning of analog records, making sure that they are uh, clean and usable and and the best that they can be. Um, I'm wondering if there's more to go into here in terms of FAGI best practices that agencies should keep in mind when they are taking those still images of analog records beyond just the capturing of things. What else do they need to keep in mind? Um, so one of the most important things or best practices really is making sure all of your images or your devices staying in compliance on a regular basis. Um, so really what is recommended when you have a device that supports FAGI output image quality, uh, you want to make sure at least one to three times a day, really depending on your volume and your critical uh, information, uh, is that you're running what is called a DICE chart or a device image conformity chart, uh, which is a standardized chart used for the FAGI guidelines uh, to ensure the image quality is within the range of the specifications. It takes in a variety of different image quality standards, and I'm not going to get into too many uh, into technical detail on that. Um, but it's a very simple chart you run through your device, and you record the output of the scanned image, and you run it through a piece of software that will read the patches and the information on that chart and deliver back whether or not the um, images are in compliant format. Uh, there's a very limited uh, number of applications that support it. Uh, one of them is a free application that's available from the FAGI website. The other one is from um, a company called Image Science Associates called Golden Thread. And this particular software will allow you to run the chart and also take the readings off of that chart to ensure your device is in compliance. The other best practice I can always recommend, and it, this is just general best practice, Continue to make sure your device is clean. Uh, there's no excessive dust throughout the unit. Most scanners will compensate for dust over time. 
However, the best way to make sure that you don't have any issues over any period of time, especially when you're doing permanent archiving, is to just make sure the device is kept clean uh, and, and as neat as possible. Okay, great. All good points there. Um, and to change gears here a little bit, now we were talking earlier about NARA and agencies transferring permanent records. I think one big concern on both sides of that is just in terms of file formats and compatibility, making sure that files that work on computers at one agency work well at another agency or at NARA. What are some best practices, again, under FAGI for ensuring that agency digital records are easily transferable and easily accessible no matter where you're no, ma no matter where you're looking at them. Sure. So as part of the specification for Fuji, it's really using an uncompressed image file format. Uh, so one of the more popular and um, even legacy type file format is called TIFF. Um, this has been a standard image format for raw uncompressed images for a very long time. It covers the gamut of uh, documents, uh, as well as uh, digital images. Um, this particular standard TIFF has been around for quite some time. Most people today are probably more familiar with what they call a JPEG format, which is generally what your digital camera or your phone will generate. Uh, but the TIFF is really an uncompressed image and retains all the original scanned image or picture data uh, that you would have in there. And from there, um, post scanning is where a lot of compression and other technologies are applied to it. Um, now for the FAGI or the NARA mandate, um, they're really looking at uncompressed image files, which are very large in size. Uh, and that's for permanent archiving. When you're taking that information and in using it into downstream systems to extract information, you're generally gonna apply a compression algorithm on it, which reduces the file sizes significantly uh, while there may be some loss in data, although not physically noticeable to the human eye, uh, there are things that will get removed in there. And that's what's you know, ideal for day-to-day um, -day use or for uh, image accessibility via different systems. So permanent archive can be uncompressed uh, because you are understanding that the storage will be higher for that. But when you're looking at downstream, you want a smaller and faster file size, especially if it's traveling over a network or via the web where you want the smallest and fastest file sizes possible. And that's where a compression comes into uh, that particular portion of the, uh, of the technology. All right, fascinating stuff. And to pull on that thread a little bit more, once these files are digitized, what are some best practices under FAGI for making these electric records transparent and accessible? You know, I'm sure that once you've captured it, making sure that people are able to make the most value out of it is, is important too. So for, for the National Archives, it's really going to be a, a manually controlled system or whatever hierarchical system they have in place. I really don't have clear details as to what exactly the um, National Archives does in, does in terms of that permanent archiving. However, that same information that might be used in downstream systems is all about extracting that information via character recognition and then utilizing software that will automatically uh, track those keywords or organize that information based on keywords within the document itself. So um, let's say it's court cases. You know, there's a case number with every course, court, court case. Uh, so you wanna make sure your system is going to pick up on any information regarding a specific court ID or case number, uh, and then storing everything within 
that particular case within a system that's easily accessible, or if it's as simple as just keeping stuff in a file folder under a specific folder hierarchy that it's placed in that same uh, kind of structure that you're looking at. Uh, so that's really how that gets managed from both a permanent storage and then a routinely accessible document that might be needed for day-to-day -day usage. Okay, great. And we're, of course, unpacking a lot of the ins and outs of this records management of this digitization. What are some common pain points for agencies as they're going about this, what do they encounter that is a challenge for them to make sure that this is an effective project? This is a project that runs, you know, on schedule and doesn't really run into too many complications. Sure. So from an M1921 standpoint, it's really just about the compliance and making sure the device is operating within those parameters on a regular basis. Uh, so that's really the big pain point there. And also finding the right device um, to support you. There are some different, very uh, different devices in the market today. Uh, but really, it's all a balance between speed, productivity, and image quality. Um, I can tell you from a Kodak Alara standpoint, you know, our uh, history of image sciences in general is uh, going back as far as 30 years. So we've excelled in this technology. Uh, but other manufacturers are out there. When you're looking at day-to-day -day image quality, what you're really looking for is crisp, clear images. Something that removes some of the artifacts that you would normally, you know, keep within permanent archiving. Uh, you know, it could be as simple as a coffee stain. It could be, um, you know, some wrinkles in the paper. You know, these are all things that you want to make sure are removed when you're using your documents and that information on a day-to-day -day basis, right? So the image quality you receive for everyday usage, you want it to be a nice white background, clear black text. The contrast is enhanced, vis visually appealing to the eye. When you're looking at Fodgy, it may not necessarily be more visually appealing than something that's been run through an image processing algorithm that we offer in our scanners, uh, like perfect page. Uh, so there is some definite distinguish, um, there is definitely a distinguishment between the two. Uh, and, and that's really all dependent on, you know, how that information is being used, how important data extraction is, information extraction is out of that. And if there's a workflow that's dependent on that accuracy, as well as file sizes, image quality and file sizes are, are, are two very important things when you're looking at day-to-day -day document management, because, you know, even though storage is fairly inexpensive, um, you really have to take into consideration there's time and support that's required to increase storage. Uh, and if the information needs to be accessible over the web, smaller file sizes and good image quality are very important for maintaining network bandwidth and not waiting for documents. The most frustrating thing when anybody's working remote or trying to access information via the web be it a mobile device like an iPad or an Android device, is you don't want to be sitting there waiting for that download to happen or that information to come up. Everybody sees the spinning wheel and kind of just gets antsy. The faster you can deliver that information to those devices or that, that conduit to that information is key. Okay, great. And Joe, we opened the conversation about talking about the, the paper storage of things, the, the burden and hassle of storing just you know, you know, treasure troves of paper and how this digitization uh, addresses that problem. But I imagine it creates a, a, a similar problem of, you know, where do you store all of these uncompressed images? How do agencies manage that? And, you know, how do they ultimately make those digitized documents accessible for end users? Any kind of tips or best practices you'd offer up for agencies who are 
you know, getting rid of their paper, but want to make sure that they have the, the storage available for the electronic documents. Sure. So in general, uh, physical storage media is really inexpensive. Um, obviously, if you're dealing in very large file sizes, you're going to need a lot of storage media, with media which becomes expensive. Um, so it really all depends on different agency needs. So if you're storing those raw uncompressed images, depending on your security protocols, uh, you're looking at either you know, on-premise servers that will host that information uh, and also have redundancy and backup to it. And at the same time, you also could look at some cloud repositories. There are different cloud options out there for different agencies to use that meet federal guidelines for security and access protocols. Um, you know, the, when you're looking more downstream or the less secure, the cloud is a great place to go to. And, and like I said, security and encryption are key things on those services uh, and all meet federal guidelines in terms of, you know, uh, data protection, privacy and risk assessment and user access control. Um, so those are all the key things you need to look at there. I would say for long term, uh, you know, cloud is kind of the way to go. It is a trend. Um, and it's easily scalable because you're not buying um, just a hard drive with X amount of storage and then you have to add more storage to that server. The cloud, you can go from one gigabyte, 50 gigabytes, one terabyte, 100 terabytes, right? There's really no limit to what you're storing in the cloud. Um, so you could, you could scale up or down depending on what information you have, how large that information is, what that information is. Okay, great. Well, I think we've gone through the ins and outs of how and why agencies should take records management seriously, take digitization of records seriously. What kind of resources at the end of the day do these agencies need to make sure this is a priority and something that they're able to do effectively? Well, in terms of resources, um, I mean, really the, the simplest thing is take a look at what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of um, what makes sense. You know, if you're, if you're chasing paper down on a regular basis, you're not efficient. And inefficiency is very difficult, you know, for the government, uh, you know, especially when you're serving the public. So you want to make sure that, you know, you utilize um, whatever services are available in terms of identifying ways to increase efficiency. This is something that Kodak Alaris can provide uh, for agencies where we can take a view of how you're data processes are working. Uh, we can help determine and work with workflow, um, look at your equipment and make sure those are running efficiently. Um, so there's lots of resources in terms of how we can help your business. At the same time, uh, there's plenty of resources uh, on the web in terms of understanding FAGI. We do have a couple of landing pages specifically around FAGI, what that means, um, you know, ways to support that, even, even including uh, on-site trials uh, as well as local demos um, for that. Uh, and it's really just understanding what the federal requirements are for either security or document storage uh, that you need to maintain. So you really have to kind of look at a couple of different things when that happens, but uh, something that we can easily support. Okay, great. I'd like to thank today's guest, Joe Odor, the Global Portfolio Marketing Manager for Kodak Alaris. I'm your moderator, Jory Heckman, and you're listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Kodak Alaris. Thank you for listening to the special bulletin review, Pathway to Foggy Compliance, sponsored by Kodak Alaris on Federal News Network.